0: Hello, I'm Andrew Tuck and you're listening to Tall Stories on Monocle 24 brought to you by the team behind The Urbanist the show all about the cities we live in The former Habsburg summer residence of Schönbrunn in the west of Vienna is visited by an estimated 4 million people every year but what the crowds of tourists probably don't realise is that behind its fanciful facades are not just museums and service rooms there are apartments in it too Monaco's Alexey Korolev brings you a rare interview with one of the palace's residents.
1: Vienna rightly prides itself on the affordability and diversity of its housing. Indeed, in my years as Vienna correspondent, I've discovered that the most unexpected of places can be someone's home.
2: This used to be the riding school. Mm the winter riding school of the imperial family. and we're going to my apartment, that's where the stable boys used to live. Mm. And you'll see when we get inside, my apartment's only 2.10 metres high. That's yeah. why I decided to grow this way or not that <laughs> I can't get in the toilet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is Robert Tidmarsh. He and his wife Christine live at the world famous Schönbrunn Palace, the most visited tourist attraction in Austria. Well, more precisely, their spacious five-room apartment, complete with portraits of the Austrian imperial family, is in a wing of the palace, although there are rented flats
2: in the main building too.
1: Um, And you were saying just now that there are 160? uh,
2: 160 families live here, or 160 rented objects Mm. is the correct way of saying it, because we're talking about people that live in Schönbrunn or people that have got their main office in Schönbrunn. Any rented object is listed as being one of them. You've got the stables on this side.
1: I never would have thought that people lived here.
0: <laughs> so
2: this way, please. Christine? Yeah. Oh,
1: hello. Hello, hello. very nice to meet you. Nice I'm to, nice to meet, meet you. It's very cozy. Very cozy. I like it very much. I, like I, I hope so,
0: and... yeah. Oh, we <laughs> like it. We like living here. Yeah. <laughs>
1: The palace and the surrounding grounds belong to the Austrian state, and it rents out the extra space. Anyone can apply for it, but it helps if, like Robert, you're somehow connected to the place. Originally from Leicester, he moved to Vienna in 1972 and worked as a tour guide at Schönbrunn for nearly 40 years. Um, How did you come by? uh,
2: This? This? Uh, I started to work in Schönbrunn in 1974. You weren't able at that time to rent a flat in Schönbrunn unless you were a, a civil servant working for the state. That's no longer the case. Virtually anybody can apply for an apartment in Schönbrunn today, but at that time you needed to be a state employee. And in 1980, 1981, I applied for This apartment, which was at that time, two small apartments in a very, very bad state of repair. Uh, The ceiling was hanging uh, in the middle. It was 20 centimetres lower than the side of the room. So when you came into the flat in 1980 to look at it, it was a mess. You couldn't imagine what it would be like. And they told me it'll be okay. They're going to join the two apartments together and make one large apartment. And when they finish with it, it'll look like a normal apartment, which it does. <laughs> it does indeed. Yeah, which yeah. it does, yeah. And I moved in around about 1982. And I've been here ever since. And the the best thing about this is that very, very few tourists find it. I don't live in the main building. If I, if I was in the main building, then when, when you go shopping or, or when you're coming home, then you've got to go through the ground floor and you're facing virtually thousands of tourists, yeah? Mm. To get to your flat. And we, we've got this place here, which is what, five minutes away from the main building? No problem whatsoever, yeah? Mm. The only thing that can happen here if they film something outside, mm. They do. do. Every now and again you get some filming done or they want to show what Vienna was like, say in the 18th century, and this is the perfect place to do it. Mm.
1: Great as it is, there are some practical difficulties
2: to living at Schönbrunn. Going shopping, for instance, can be a bit of a problem. If you've not got a car, then you've got to walk to Hietzing or Meidling. Uh, It doesn't matter which way you go, it's about 10 or 15 minutes walk. So if you have to get your groceries, and if you have to go shopping, then that's a big problem. Mm. We we use our car, uh, and you're allowed to park in Schönbrunn, so if you live here, you pay a certain amount per year, and all of the cars that you can see outside are either people that live here or people that work here. Mm. Shopping is a problem, yeah, definitely. Mm.
1: Making changes to your apartment is also tricky.
2: Yeah, when you when you live in Schönbrunn, you've got to comply with uh, the rules and regulations. So you get a contract. In the contracts, uh, they tell you you're not allowed to use, say, uh, blinds that are red or green or or whatever. If you've got blinds in Schönbrunn, then they've got to be cream. Mm. Uh, that's understandable if you think you're looking at the main building... And everybody's closed their blinds. Yeah. And they've all got, different you've got red and green and yeah. yellow and I don't know what, yeah. So everybody that lives in Schwabon sticks to those rules and regulations. Mm. Or, for instance, in the main building, in some of the apartments, not all of them, uh, yeah. in some of the apartments, you've still got the decorations that date back to the time of the monarchy. Mm because that apartment was probably used by Marie Antoinette or or whoever lived there at the time of the monarchy. But, I mean, would it be true to say
1: that, um, you know, since both of the last two presidents of Austria um, have uh, declined to live in presidential accommodation um, in the Hofburg or in the presidential Mm -hmm. villa, that you and the other 159 people here, 159 families rather, that those are the only people who know these days what it feels like to live like a Kaiser.
2: (laughs) I don't feel like I live like a Kaiser. I don't live in the main building. I think when I was working in the main building, the days at work, that was like being, what do you call it, the kamadina, Mm. uh, the emperor's personal servant. And I used to go through the rooms like the emperor used to do. And it's quite a feeling, or at least not for us now because we're used to it, but when somebody comes to visit us and we drive through the main gate, it's quite a feeling when you're sitting in your car and suddenly the main gate opens for you yeah. and you just drive through yeah. towards the main building, which makes quite an impression. But yeah, that's living edge of
0: You've been listening to Tall Stories, a Monocle 24 production. And our thanks to Alexei Korolyov for today's episode. Remember to tune in every Thursday for the full 30-minute edition of The Urbanist. I'm Andrew Tuck. Goodbye, and thank you for listening, city lovers.